0: The Fontenelle Final Bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Monday. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us is Darren Fessler with Lakefront Futures. We look at the markets. Lots of things happening over the weekend. We'll talk about some harvest in just a moment, but there's been a lot of global talk that's been going on. I think, and as you talked about it, you wanted to kind of hit on that first. The Brazilian election. There's a lot yeah, of things the, happening. Y-
1: yeah, the Brazilian re- uh, the election yesterday. I mean, it's there was an interesting dynamic going on in Brazil right now. I mean, they elected a, a president that uh, is very Trump-like. Uh, takes a big beef with China and how China's policy is in regards to what they're trying to do in, in Brazil themselves, so similar to what Trump thinks about China here. Uh, and I filled a lot of questions from producers today. about, okay, well, is, is that business coming back to the U.S.? Is that a good thing? Um, and I, you know, the, the the easy answer to that thing is not necessarily. But there is some, hopefully, some light at the end of the tunnel if. If this new president really wants to push the issue with China, uh, and it, obviously the issues with the U.S. have been going on for some time now, uh, if the Brazilian president really wanted to push that, it, I, I fully believe that they could really push China, you know, up their backs against the wall and really make China come to the table when it comes to negotiations on these trade talks.
0: Well, there has been a lot of uh, comparisons between the U.S. dollar and the real, and we all know that the real has had a lot of stumbling blocks over the last couple of months. Yeah,
1: the, the real um, when once the announcement came that the they elected a more right leaning president, the real really moved higher versus the U.S. dollar uh, and really hit five month highs, the highest we've been since the middle of May. And you know that, that's a really an encouraging thing for, from a producer standpoint. Now it's going to be more interesting if we can continue to see this upward momentum in the real. Uh, versus the dollar, but from a technical standpoint, it's kind of interesting where we, we found resistance, Day, which is right at the 50% retracement uh, from the recent high in January. But with that being said, does it move more uh, product or more business back to the United States? I'm, I'm skeptical right now that it does. One, we still are dealing with a lot of supply. Two, we've five to 10 years. Brazil, I mean, China has really poor billions, hundreds of billions of dollars into the infrastructure and the Chinese economy. Uh, without blatantly coming out and saying we don't really want to do business with you, uh, China has really put their dollars um, in Brazil, and more or less at this at this juncture is using the United States as a backup plan just in case something were to happen in Brazil. And and I think that's really what you're seeing in some of the market. You're seeing just a lack of direction, uh, not only from the corn but the beans, the the wheat. I mean, it, there's just in, in some of this could be because we got the U.S. elections coming up the midterms. But overall, you're seeing a a market that's very indecisive. It does not want to make a decision. What's positive is sometimes bearish. What's bearish is sometimes positive. And we're back to just training a bunch of ranges again.
0: Well, you know, and it, it, it always amazes me how much, just in the last, I would say, six to eight months, politics has taken such a big focus on our grain markets, more than what we were much used to.
1: Yeah, and politics have always had, you know, a, a, a big in, impact on, you know, trade policy, and, and especially when you start talking ethanol is such a huge component of the demand story in corn, uh, and, and I think that ethanol story is even going to be a big one as we move forward. We look to, you know, progress this from E10 to E15, hopefully in time, and, and. You know, we look at the politic structure of the world, and you, you got the South America's largest economy. You got the largest economy U.S. And you got the second largest in China. You got so many big dynamic players in the agricultural space. They're bowing out, trying to work for the best trade structure it is. And outside looking in, I, I, you know, China's done it, you know, their way for X amount of years, and for them to buds a little bit or to get a better concession uh, from them, I think it's going to be difficult because like President Trump, the Chinese president, you know, they're very much, they're very strong-willed people, and it's it's difficult to change, I think, some of the ego in there, and I think that's what the Brazilian president brings, too. Not that I'm a Brazilian expert at all, but, you know, from a trade policy standpoint, this could be good for the U.S. farmer if, if, like I said, the Brazilian president really wanted to push the issue here. Um, but does it move the prices? Not necessarily. I think something uh far as their weather, their production down there, it, it, that's what's going to really move these markets, and we look at how you <sharp inhale> Uh, the Brazilian planting pace uh, is at a record right now there's not a whole lot of weather on the rise that's going to be all that threatening granted that can change but it's going to take something along those lines uh, to really get this market moving because I don't think uh, a trade negotiation with the US if one does happen I don't know whether that moves the market I think it truly is going to have to come from Brazil and some production hiccups
0: Well Darren we know that there's been some some concerns as well that Brazil is going to run out of soybeans that they're going to make the purchases for from the U.S. to be able to ship to China. Is that still a lot of talk out there? Do we see some more firmness to that?
1: I could see that, you you know, you're looking at a market that we have plenty of supply. And if it does come to that, I think it's more talk right now. Uh, But until we start getting into production, if you start seeing hiccups and you start seeing China... Really start to figure out this hog situation over there, then you probably are going to move start moving some uh, U.S. beans to Brazil or Argentina.
0: Well, speaking of soybeans, I saw this morning USDA announced 120,000 metric tons of beans were sold to an unknown destination. I, it's kind of nice to see that unknown destination moving back into the market.
1: It is whether it's Philippines or wherever the unknown is. I mean, the the old skepticism is you know it's a uh, it's probably more than likely China, but it's good to see these type of sales. We need a heck of a lot more than this. Our exports have been beat up too much here, based on what our production probably a little more or less look, looking like at this juncture. So we'll need all the help we can get.
0: Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell for a Monday. Darren Fessler is joining us. We're going to take a look, of course, more at the grain side of it. We'll jump into the cattle and the uh, the hogs, the confusion that's going on there, and some frustration as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. welcome back to the Fonell final bell here on the rural radio network I'm Susan Littlefield as Darren Fessler is joining us on this Monday with Lakefront futures we love talking about some export numbers on the on the soybean side wondering if it was China and that unknown but the weekly inspection weekly export inspections report that is really kind of called disappointing for the corn
1: yeah corn came in roughly about five, uh, 650 some um metric tons and beans, you know, they came in one point three million metric tons. I mean it's not terrible, terrible, but we I mean we all we obviously want to see a lot higher numbers. If you look at the current market year export inspections, we're well well above what we were last year on the corn side. Where we really lack is and it's not no surprise, it's really been the beans. Uh, we need to pick up these bean demand. We need um, you know, I hate to say it, but we, we need to keep the price somewhat subdued, uh, just to encourage some more exports along here. We do have some of the cheapest beans in the world, uh, but we need to we need to figure out a way to we need to bring back some of these exports. And uh, not that I want to wish bad on Brazil or anything, but it, it it's almost like you need some hiccups to take place. To do start dwindling on this now a lot of guys i talked to in iowa that are customers on the lakefront, you know there's really some big skepticism about this yield uh the bean yield in particular in iowa a lot of custom harvesters i talked to or some of these guys are not even harvesting 50 bushel where a lot of these guys are thinking 60 65 plus um th- so i do think there are some issues in iowa especially that western side of the state uh, i i'm not quite sold that the overall national yield is a 53 i do think what we had seen from the usda last or this this october supply and demand report i do think both that corn yield and that bean yield do come down in time the probably the bigger impact is probably going to be that January report when we we really figure out what the overall crop is and you start taking a look at Areas of the country that are just you kind of the head scratcher, and it's Minnesota comes to mind. Minnesota 191. It's there's a lot of issues with with planting of you know to get that corn in the ground and the beans. Now it's getting it harvested, and you've had pockets, you've had holes out there. Uh, so, and some of this stuff, the USDA does not does not have the tools to calculate for the holes. They will in time, but and they'll probably come in January. But Minnesota. One ninety-one is a big head scratcher, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Southern Minnesota has had a lot of lot of frustrations this entire growing season, and speaking to a couple producers, they don't expect those yields to be what they've been predicted. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, a lot of our customers up there they will be anywhere from 30 40 50 bushel below what they were last year not saying that they they won't hit pockets in the field that will hit the 220 230 what they're what they're used to in these areas but it's not last year's and it's it's you know you look at the areas of Nebraska even that had there's areas that are really doing well versus last year but then you take that southeast part of the state you take Lincoln East there's some iffy type yields going on. Yes, some is better, but there is a chunk that is just maybe last year, if not a little bit below last year, just take the bigger areas. Illinois more than likely did pretty good this year uh, from our customer reports, and the bean yields in Illinois are all, you know, they're there as well, too. So I think the driver, if it's going to be anything is pushing, it's going to be that Illinois yield.
0: Let's jump over to the livestock side, this cattle market. As you and I talked before we started the Fontenelle final bell, really the cattle can't seem to find any sort of direction as to where it's supposed to go marketing-wise.
1: No, no, it really can't. I mean, if you look at the feeders, you look at the facts, I mean, we've had some really positive cash news over the last week, kind of coming into this last weekend, and, you know, we're not able to even maintain some of those positive numbers uh, into today's session. We're a very mixed board. We had some of the front month feeders uh, a little bit higher, some of the facts lower. Uh, you know, and we had also what I would consider really encouraging cattle on feed report, uh, and that still is not enough momentum to carry this market i think that uh, like the grain market the, the the hogs the the cattle it's uh more so cattle than anything you're just having a hard time finding any type of direction uh one thing you think is a good thing and then it turns to a bad and, and vice versa it's very much like the grains it just does not know really which direction it wants to go but you know you take a look at some of the december fats you know you start pushing above 118 119 it you know it does provide some guys some opportunities if you know you have cattle out in there and you're and with the hog side of things you're still dealing with unknowns from China and the the African swine fever and you, you, we just don't know when we see the June board uh, continuing to make new highs February June spread in itself is really starting to come in. So I still think that there could be some potential upside in this hogs even until, the, until we know more about how much damage or how much uh, had this has impacted the overall herd.
0: Well, I saw, too, Darren, that they were not seeing further reports of African swine fever. And it makes you wonder how much of it are they reporting worldwide that it's happening and how much is actually the, the true numbers.
1: That, that, that's what all traders ask and traders wonder about daily when we're trading this stuff. And we just don't know. Uh, and that's why we're going to put continue to put a premium in this market until we have some more firm, firmer confirmation of those numbers.
0: All right. Sounds good. Lots of great things we talked about today, Darren. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Yes, they can reach me directly at 402-366-0423. You can find me on Twitter at DDS Alpha on our, our website at com.
0: And that's the Fontanelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.